0: There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling.
1: Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass.
0: Bret screwed Bret.
2: Die, Rocky die. Suck it!
0: Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE. With new interviews, with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new
1: pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers.
2: Welcome to the ringer nfl draft show my name is danny heifetz and i am joined by danny kelly ben sullick and craig horlbeck the draft is a week from thursday we're recording this wednesday but you might be listening this thursday so the draft is a week away or less than a week away depending when you're listening and we want to put a little action on it there's a quarter of the teams in the league don't even have a first round pick and then a quarter of the teams are probably not going to get a great players, so you kind of probably need <laughs> a little extra interest in the draft this year. And luckily for us, we have Benjamin Solak, who, like DK, is a draft expert, but also, unlike DK, Solak is a complete gambling degenerate.
0: <laughs> hey, <laughs> my mom listens to this in a good way.
2: Well, uh, Mrs. Solak, your son yeah, she has knows. been placing number one <laughs> pick <laughs> bets since yeah, like she September.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, she's
2: <away. laughs> So, so like, we want you to explain us today just, like, how to bet on the draft in a smart way, and then when we're not really able to get that, we then mm-hmm. want you to indulge us when we want to bet on the draft in a dumb way <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah, that's the right way to talk about it, because, like, if you are like many people who have just, like, you know, legal sports books, let me download, like, FanDuel and have some fun— and you're now like, oh, maybe I should bet the draft. You're a little bit like too late, right? Uh, The best way to bet the draft... (laughs) There's no edge anymore. Yeah. The best way to bet the draft is to bet it early Uh, because books generally uh, struggle so far in in their infancy to handicap the draft well, to set good lines. A lot of books this year are a lot more reticent to post lines because last year, books got their butt whooped during the NFL draft. I mean, they just got taken to the woodshed. Uh, And so you've seen a lot of Uh, a lot more hesitancy to put lines out but for example right now if you look at the first overall pick on FanDuel you're going to find that uh, Aiden Hutchinson is the favorite he's minus 185 which means he's the the favorite to go number one overall Trayvon Walker is plus 165 three hours ago Trayvon Walker was plus 190 that's a Big. Changing. <laughs> that's a big money difference. Like yeah. the difference between plus one ninety and plus one sixty five is significant. If for anybody who's not legible in odds, that means in order to uh, if you placed a hundred dollar bet three hours ago on Walker to go one overall, you'd win one hundred ninety dollars, as opposed to right now you'd win one hundred sixty five dollars. I don't know about you, but twenty five dollars matters, right? Mm. In terms of placing more bets or buying sandwiches and yada yada whatever. And so Netflix account. Yeah the right as we were talking about in the pre show (laughs) should we
2: tell people to just like should we cut (laughs) to the end and be like don't gamble on the draft and just buy netflix stock
3: (laughs) (laughs) or don't buy netflix i mean i don't
0: don't, i don't know
3: don't
2: take financial advice from us (laughs) yeah Yeah. other than the gambling stuff
0: so uh the the moral of the story is read the draft this week if you want to have fun right manage your bankroll be responsible but look for your favorite team's odds look to make some bets have a good time watching it next year once the super bowl ends start thinking about the draft. Start reading the insiders and looking about the rumors because this market moves so much and it's so soft that the best way to make money on it is to bet it early. Did you okay. bet like right after the draft last year? Did I bet after the draft? Yeah, like... On a, this like, year's draft? Yeah, like 365 days ahead or whatever. No, oh, you don't right. really get... Uh, I don't think you even get like first overall pick odds or anything like that. Gotcha. It's always like Heisman odds is kind of stuff. The earliest I started placing bets on this year's draft... Was like, I like, threw a couple around like, during the season, but then it was really uh, when the season came to an end, and especially once Hutchinson really started to gain steam in the draft. That that's when I started placing bets like with the intention of just having really good value, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I have a very, very good bet on Ike McQuandu to be the first overall pick. He's not gonna be the first overall pick, but having that bet in hand allowed me to make other bets on the first overall pick, which protected me in the event that Ike Akwanu I- I- was the first overall pick. Then it's like, all right, I lost money putting this money on Hutchinson, but still I'm going to make a lot of money. Cause that bad, I placed three months ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
2: So but you're building a portfolio of picks over the last six months. <laughs> yeah. And that sounds, that's cool. Good for you. That sounds super difficult. Yeah. So was hard. Gonna ask, what about the people Correct. who
0: didn't do that? <laughs> right. And so now what right, that's where we go. We go to this week. Well, uh, Firstly, you have a good time, right? Like, like sports gambling should be fun. If you like, you if you want to do it as a, like I'm saying, like you know, if you want to do it as a career, then you got to go for it as a career. Otherwise, it should be fun. So, like, do what is fun to you. And what's fun is like placing some long shot bets, looking at like first round picks, looking at like specific team to player marriages and stuff like that. And so, like, yeah, what I recommend Trayvon Walker right now, first overall pick, yeah, because I think that like. It's probably a coin flip right now between Hutchinson and Walker and you're getting good money on Walker so go ahead and take it. But it's not like, all right, you know, what's the over under for Charles Cross? Like that's that's you got to source that nonsense. You know what I mean? That's got to be like grinding mock drafts, talking to agents, yada yada whatever. What's fun to do for this week is to like go to right, team draft specials on FanDuel. The position of the first player draft by the Philadelphia Eagles. Defense alignment plus 250, wide receiver plus 300, corner plus 340. Wide receiver plus 300 makes a lot of sense. Let's go ahead and, full, and and send it. You know what I mean, and 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 have fun that way.
2: Okay, so right off the bat here, are there are there odds that Debo Samuel gets traded? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there aren't odds that he gets traded as of right now. I have seen sports books that have posted future team odds for Debo Samuel. Uh the one sports book that has it, uh, Niners are minus 205, so prohibitive favorite. Jets plus 450, and then Eagles plus 1,000, Patriots plus 1,600, Bears 1,600, Ravens 1,800, Buccaneers 2,000, Chiefs 2,000, everything else is long shots from there. So if mm. you think he gets traded, you can try to pick the team, but right now there's no if so he gets traded or not. Do you guys
2: want to talk to Eble real quick before we dive into all these bets? Yeah. yeah, we probably should. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. I got really excited about the gambling thing. So Debo Samuel apparently has requested a trade from the 49ers. Apparently, he requested it like a week ago, but we just found out about it on 420. And oh yeah, it's 420, by the way. Happy holidays, everyone, for those who celebrate. And so Debo <laughs> yeah. is out. And it's weird because on one hand, you have this weird situation where all these receivers, Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, all these dudes are all like in the entering the last year of their contract. They all just saw Christian Kirk get like $18 million a year. Devontae and Terry Kill all got paid a lot of money. And it's just, they obviously also want a lot of money. Debo in particular is this weird case because he plays running back too. And the Niners need him, but running backs aren't worth anything, but he is. And so right off the jump, you're so like, are the Niners crazy for even Like, should they even consider trading away Debo Samuel?
0: No, in a football sense in a, he won't play for us anymore because Kyle Shanahan continues to piss off all the football players who play for him since. <laughs> yeah, you might have to. You know what I mean? Back up against the wall a little bit. And the thing is, is that you, the timing of this has put you on a difficult clock. Drafts in seven seven days from Thursday, right? Well, uh, if you don't trade Debo before the draft, you you're going to trade him for a 2023 pick? You're going to trade him in, in in June and wait to cash on that trade until April? Sounds like it sucks. So there's a little bit of an urgency now in this week to make that trade for Debo. And know what sort of first-round pick. Know what sort of second-round pick you're getting for him. From a football perspective, it doesn't make any sense. But if Debo is fully 100% out, I am not playing for the 49ers because they're going to use me like a running back. They're not going to pay me the, the extra money that I think I require for taking on that extra risk then you should move him now so that you know what you're turning around in terms of value with the draft picks known and with the players who are going to be available at those draft picks known.
3: Do you think this makes a little bit of sense from a football perspective, DK? In that Debo Samuel is a player who, like Ben just said, plays running back and wide receiver. Not exactly the healthiest guy in the world. Injury history goes back to college. They'd have to pay him a ton of money because the wide receiver market is very inflated right now. Could they just trade him for a top first-round pick, grab a Traylon Burks type, save a lot of money?
1: Yeah, I mean again this goes back to like what we were talking about with DK Metcalf and the Seahawks. Like number 1, the 49ers are a run heavy team. So do you want to pay an absolute premium for a receiver? I mean, I know that he did do work as a running back too and he kind of changes their offense cuz he's versatile, but at, at the end of the day he is a receiver in a run heavy offense. Um they're sort of they seem to be switching gears and going to uh Trey Lance and so um you know, maybe paying a receiver that much money for a guy like Trey Lance who's still developing, he's not necessarily going to like get the most out of Devo Samuel. I, I I guess you could make the argument Devo Samuel will really help Trey Lance, but um if you're gonna pay thirty million dollars to a receiver who catches three or four balls a game or whatever it's gonna be if Trey Lance is quarterback, like maybe that's not worth it to them. Um and it goes back to the same thing that we've been talking about all this all draft seasons. There's gonna be really good receivers in every draft class in perpetuity forever. You can get guys in the second round. You can get guys in the third round. It's not going to be Debo Samuel necessarily, but you know, somewhat there's just an ability to, you know, somewhat replicate what he does, um, you know, through the draft. So I think from a business point of view, this is the decision. A lot of teams are going to have to start making here. And I think it does make some sense if you take emotion out of it and you take the fact that Debo Samuel is maybe like one of the top five coolest players in the NFL. Um, yeah, I think it could make some sense for them.
2: I like to keep emotion in it for a second because we just <laughs> yes. watched the playoffs and we're like, this guy is irreplaceable. So, like you've written cool articles. But I think both of you have written cool articles about how Solak or not Solak, sorry, you're you're not Debo Solak Samuel. Solak is irreplaceable Debo Samuel, also. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's in saying. a different way. But Debo is like the only receiver who's athletic but also has running back vision. And I get what we're talking about. Oh, like contract value in the cap. He's incredible. And yeah. DK, every time yeah. this, you, 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 whenever in the season we're talking about fourth down, should a team go for in fourth and one? You have the best rule, which is: what do the opposing team's fans want you to do? Do the opposite. You're yes. a Seahawks fan. You're in the division with the Niners. Forget cap. I don't give a shit about <laughs> salary cap, money, any of that. You're a Seahawks fan. Do you want the Niners to trade him away, or do you want them to pay him a lot? Oh, of money?
3: absolutely. Get him out of so the division. So they should keep him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that are it works as much when you get to like like salary cap stuff because obviously so, Deke is like yeah screw it trade them away
2: I, I think they're in a weird spot right with all these receivers because before the show we were joking actually about Netflix and we were talking about how Netflix their stock is cratered and they're going to raise the prices right or they're going to stop letting people share
3: accounts and they're going to they're they're gonna gonna install an ad supported service that'll be cheaper
2: this is what's up with all these wide receivers right now it's the same thing like we have Netflix and we're like wow can't believe you can pay like 15 bucks and get all of this Like all the shows you want, all this mediocre content
3: for fifteen dollars a month. That's the team. the the Niners
2: have been getting four million dollars a year for Debo. The Titans have been getting whatever for AJ Brown. None of these guys went in the first round. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin. None of these guys went in the first, and they're not getting paid very much. These other guys who aren't as good as them, Christian Kirk, is getting more than four, almost five times as much money. And so now they're like, hey. I think I cost more than the $15 a month. I think I'm worth more than that to you. And they're all happening at the same time. They all have the same agent. And I think that this is going to be a problem. And I kind of think at least one of them is going to get traded. I don't know who. They have less leverage than Devontae and Tyreek did because they're coming off their rookie year and stuff. They can get franchise tagged and all that jazz. But I, I, I feel like some of these teams, something's going to have to give the Titans have a crazy expensive offense with AJ Brown. I think that this is all related. And really it's kind of like, we've talked for like 10 years about how quarterbacks on rookie contracts are a big deal. Russell Wilson, you know, won the super bowl, making less than the Seahawks long snapper. I think now we're in this receiver rookie contract thing where Jamar chase is out here, like being one of the five best rookie receiver receivers period in the NFL as a rookie. And he's made, how much is he making? Is a top five pick, like nine, like $8 million a year, a lot less yeah. than he's worth. The, so, the thing
1: that we haven't really talked about yet is I think it's interesting that Debo wants a trade. Like he's forcing a trade. If, according to the reports I've seen, the 49ers are willing to pay him actually. Well, um, and they've offered him know. big so, deals. Th- Obviously we don't know the details of that, but like he asked for a trade. I think that's kind of an interesting wrinkle right. to this. And My, because I think over the last like whatever, six months or, you know, since Debo really broke out and became the superstar player, um, I think everyone was kind of well, not everybody, but like I've kind of came from the point of view that Debo liked being this like you know, joker piece guy in the offense that could do anything. He's so good. Um, but in actuality, it seems like he's like, fuck that. I don't want to be a running back.
2: His friend Instagram that he wants twenty five million dollars a year, and then Debo apparently liked the Instagram or something. I don't know exactly what happened, but basically he implied that he wants twenty five million dollars a year. I think it does come down to money ultimately. But here's the thing we've seen a lot of this. The Chiefs didn't want to pay Tyree Kill what he wanted, so they, they sent him to Miami. The Packers did want to pay Devontae Adams. Devontae didn't want to play there. They had to trade him away. So whether the teams don't think these receivers are worth it or the guys just don't want to play there, we don't know the situation, there's going to be trades. Ideally, it's like the Stephon Diggs Vikings trade where they trade him to Buffalo. He leads the league in receiving. Buffalo's happy. The Vikings get Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is incredible. They, they're both happy. In reality, as we go to this draft— I'm curious what both of you think. As the Packers and the Chiefs are like, yeah, we'll just replace Devonte or Tyreek in the draft. The Niners might be like, yeah, we'll just replace Debo in the draft. I know there are good receivers. We always look, but are, I don't know. Like, Is it kind of a little presumptuous to assume you'll just be able to replace even 80% even with all the receivers we've been, go- we've been seeing succeed really quickly?
0: Yes yeah. and no. It's presumptuous to say we can go get an 80% of Debo Samuel because Debo's got a really unique skill set. I think it's more reasonable to say, "What did Debo do for us last year? Thousand uh, receiving yards, three hundred rushing yards, whatever the frick it was. I don't remember. Uh, I think it, yeah, uh, he had fourteen
3: hundred yeah. receiving and, and three hundred sixty rushing. So I mean, he had. I mean, I, I can tick
2: off. I took a couple notes because I thought this was incredible. But just to about eighteen hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns.
3: He,
2: the Niners' offense was four times more efficient when he was on the field than he was off." He's the Mm -hmm. first player in the 21st century to have at least 1,000 yards, five touchdown catches, and five touchdown rushes. He's also the third player to ever do that. Led the league in yards per catch, top three in yards per carry, and the first player since the NFL merger to lead his team in rushing touchdowns. The first receiver to lead his
3: team in rushing touchdowns. Is is there some Shanahan cockiness in this where it's like, hey, look, I can plug there and play There's some shade hand
0: cockiness in everything that's ever existed. <laughs> like, oh, Eli yeah. Mitchell,
3: doesn't matter. He can be a good running back. Oh, we went to the Super Bowl and Debo Samuel was like a rookie and like not even that healthy. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, I can get anybody and turn anybody into 80% of Debo Samuel and we'll be yeah, fine. Yeah,
0: I think that's what it is. That's all right. 18,000 all-purpose, 1,800 all-purpose yards, 14 touchdowns. I can go and get a receiver that I'm going to pick at 38, right, whatever the Jets' second round pick is, I can't remember, but 38. And I can get him And Brandon Ayuk combined to be, you know, uh, like a little extra for Brandon Ayuk plus that guy, we can get it to be about 80% of Debo. Now, that is a very nuts and bolts way of looking at it. That's a spreadsheet way of looking at it. The stat that Heifetz opened with there, which is that the Niners offense was four times as effective when Debo was on the field as opposed to off the field, that's the one that interests me, right? Because... It's one thing if you can make the offense work without him. It's another thing if I don't have to worry about him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, coming up to that game. Because that's a lot about what Debo was. It was when he's on the field, we don't know what the personnel grouping actually is. Like they would walk on the field with Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, and Debo on the field, right? They're, they're in the huddle. That could be 21 personnel, you know, I formation, under center run. And then the very next snap, it could be five wide. You lose Debo, you lose some of that. And now it makes it easier for game planning. Come week 12, 13, 14, 15, divisional rounds. When te- Divisional opponents, I should say. When teams have, have film on you and they have tendencies on you, you don't have the ability to hide as much of what you're going to do because you don't have that jackknife, right? That jack of all trades out there on the field. And so I think, yeah, like this offense can replace Debo's production. Somebody's going to get yards. Somebody's going to get touchdowns. This is a good offense. Debo's effect on defenses, the fear of God placed into <laughs> opponents by that man named Devo? The pucker factor? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's
2: where it's like, you know what? The money's worth the fear of God. And honestly, I, in a way, I feel like, unless you're afraid of injury, I feel like he's more valuable than any of these other guys, honestly. I do don't know. Great. I actually the, don't right, think let's I agree. If he does get traded DK, what's the most fun possible place Debo Samuel could go?
3: Wait, Craig. Wait, what? Craig. Craig doesn't agree with what? I don't agree with Heifetz. Actually, I think I'm on the other side. I think he's super injury prone, and Shanahan can turn somebody else into if he's percent of him
2: injury prone. That's legit because he broke his foot in college, right? He's had injury. If if you or if you feel like he's not going to be able to stay on the field, and like I mean, they have doctors. They they evaluate these guys medically. We don't know what the deal is. That to me is different. If you believe he's going to stay healthy, I think that he's like if all these guys continue to play all the games for the next four years, I actually would choose Debo, but I also think he's probably along, like the least likely to do so in part because of the running back, but even if he was just purely receiver. Um, But again, DK, where's like the number one place you'd want to see Debo, like the most fun place?
1: Uh, I mean, the... Very general low hanging fruit is always gonna be the Chiefs, especially since they just traded Terry Kill. Um so that would be probably the top of my list. But I mean if you add add in other teams like the Cardinals, they need a they need some more receiving help Packers. there, certainly.
2: Packers well, of course no, A place need that's gonna pay him help. 25 million a year because that he is gonna he's gonna need that in a trade.
1: I don't know. Do you think the Packers would do it? The Packers have been no. so like that's the reason they let Devontae go. Well, they I
3: tried guess. to pay him. I mean, they did try to True, pay him. Yeah, this is kind of like the same situation yeah, with the like 49ers. I feel
2: like he's going to end up on the Jets if he really wants to trade. Yeah, the and Jets. Then the Jets sure. make a lot of but sense. The Jets offense is being run by, you know, Matt LaFleur's little brother, Mike LaFleur, who was the 49ers passing game coordinator. I mean, I feel like that's kind of obviously the head coach who used to be the defensive coordinator for the Niners. So
3: I kind of feel like the Jets are going to make an offer and then Deebo's going to be like,
2: you really want to be a Jet?
3: Really? I'm telling you, I I I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of where Debo ends up. I'm really afraid because he's gonna to go to a mediocre team and he's gonna put up mediocre stats. That's my fear. How the Jets how, trying to
2: like get these right. trade receivers or like the Knicks trying to get free agents? And it's like no one wants to go there.
0: <laughs> how how much influence do we think Debo has over where he lands?
2: I feel like a decent amount because if he doesn't agree to the extension, who like who's gonna trade for him if you can't pre negotiate mm-hmm. the extension?
0: That's a good point. Unless
2: you're, unless you're saying that maybe they do take him for like less and they don't get it. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you, yeah.
1: There could be a team that trades for him without the extension, but that that'd be yeah.
0: fucking risky. I mean, I if, suppose there's yeah. two years
2: of control with the tag, and just help you figure
0: it out. True. Yeah. I, I um, I think that I'm. I think that he ends up in like Houston. Right. I think, he. you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's (laughs) going to be right. Like, like Houston has a ton of cap space right now. The bears have enough cap space to do it. Like he's going to end up somewhere where they need a wide receiver and they have so many other needs that they don't want to have to spend a first round pick. Like that's the Texans, right. With three and 13, it's like, okay, we can send 13 for this guy. Maybe we can try to get it to a second round pick in a future second or whatever. Um, but I think for a lot of these really good teams who are just like a receiver away, uh, like, you know, think about like how much money he'd be for the Chargers, how much money he'd be for the Patriots, right? Teams that like need receivers, but otherwise are pretty good. I think those teams will rather stay and see if they can make a pick as opposed to going for trade for Debo.
3: Bears is kind of fun. He kind of feels like a bear. Bears I would is love not that.
0: fun. I would what? love that for Justin Fields. Yeah, that would be good for Justin oh, Fields. But I'd love it, it for Justin Fields. Football. I'd hate it for Debo because it's Chicago. <laughs> <they're>, it's <laughs> as we're saying here,
2: the teams that actually would do this all feel really disappointing. And I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I feel like he's going to stay with the Niners. All right. Let's talk betting the draft.
1: Yeah, and speaking of that, I think I have a good segue for this. And, and Heifetz, you actually said it. Um, basically, no one wants to go to New York. None of these receivers want to go to the Jets. <laughs> and so I think, and this is uh, this is not like an original idea. I think I've heard Daniel Jeremiah bring this up and, and posit this as a possibility. But like the Jets have number four and number 10 in this draft. And a lot of times, people have been giving the Jets a pass rusher first or whatever um, or a corner. Maybe they just go receiver and they're like fuck it we're not going to mess around anymore none of these players want to come here. Let's just take our receiver, get that guy, have him in place and we can figure it out at number 10. So there's two guys that have really good odds right now um to be the 4th overall pick. And it doesn't even have to be the Jets, but just the 4th overall pick. Drake London right now is 20 to 1 and Garrett Wilson is 14 to 1 to be the number 4 pick. So I thought those are just good kind of longer shot ones, but
2: You said you said 20 to 1?
1: Yeah. Let me ask Solak. Do you think that Drake London is going to be the first receiver
0: picked? No. Just like gun to your head. Who do you think it's going to be? Jameson or Garrett? Yeah, so uh, it's been Garrett Wilson for the whole run Mm -hmm. and the entire time it's been Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams out of Alabama has gone from like plus 800, eight to one to be the first receiver to seven to one, to five to one, to three and a half to one. He's two to one right now. (laughs) And Daniel Jeremiah just said on on, uh, his podcast, Move the Sticks, today... I, if he were asked who the first receiver off the board will be in the draft, he'd say Jameson Williams. Uh, that's really, really interesting. Jameson
1: There's, Williams is 20 to one, also to be the number four yeah. overall pick.
2: Well, but what are the odds for him to just be the first receiver taken? Plus 200, two to one. Oh,
0: that is I a bet that I, I personally won't make the two to one bet because I've already made the Jameson Williams first receiver off the board bet. A couple times. Of course you have. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry.
2: For some of the people who don't have a portfolio and have to start doing this yes. now.
0: I'm, that's what I was going to say. Uh, listen, a lot of draft season is betting really like like early lines, getting very good. What's called CLV, right? So you're getting a great line relative to where the line closes, bragging about it as long as you can, because then the bet doesn't hit. And so you don't actually make anything on it. So it's just all about bragging about he the CLV. Smart. Oh, I yes. see what you're saying. So that's why I got to brag about my CLV. Uh, regardless. I would take Jameson Williams right now at 2 to 1. If I had not ever bet, bet into this market, 2 to 1 to me. Uh, he currently sounds among insiders like he is at least 50-50 if not the slight favorite to be the first receiver off the board. At 4 is the question mark because there is an edge rusher that the Jets would take at 4 if he was available, maybe even 2. Which edge rushers are they, Ben? I don't freaking know. Uh, there, we got three top guys in Walker, Hutchinson, and Thibodeau, and the Jets desperately need an edge, and maybe there's a guy that at four they really is hoping is falling to them. I don't know who that is, and I don't know if that guy exists or not, but that player puts receiver at four in, in dire straits, so mm. it's probably safer if you think the Jets are going to go receiver, and I do, uh, to take the top 10 odds on... Jameson Williams take to go top 10 on Garrett Wilson. I think those will be their two preferred players over Drake London. We've never really seen Shanahan offenses prefer these contested catch guys like London is. So I I, I do like both those bets. The team to watch for is the Falcons at eight because the Falcons at eight are also a strong wide receiver team. Also yeah. like Garrett Wilson, also apparently like Jameson Williams as well. So if you want to place just pure to go top 10 bets on Garrett Wilson, and on uh, Jameson Williams. Right now, Wilson is minus 170. Jameson Williams is plus 175. Both bets are good, in my opinion.
2: This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you Eligible items only exclusion supply. I want to rewind a little bit here because we started talking about the fourth pick before we got to the first. And I just want to the first pick, the odds are terrible. Aiden Hutchinson minus four thousand. So you'd have to put down four thousand bucks to make what, a hundred bucks?
0: That's point. him to be a top five pick. Yeah. Oh, top
2: five. Oh, well, yeah, never yeah. mind. I'm, I'm not reading this right. Oh, Jesus. What is going
0: on? <laughs> Man, say, you guys need to learn how to navigate y'all sports books. Sorry, number one pick odds, It's
2: he's minus 185 to be the first mm-hmm. pick. Trayvon Walker's plus 165. So I, I, I assume you're not going to take someone else to be the first pick, Solak. So if you had to no. bet Aiden Hutchinson minus 185 or Trayvon Walker plus 165, which, which of those would you
0: take? Yeah, I'd take Walker. I talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, I think right now it's a house divided in Jacksonville. I think some people want Walker, the GM, <sighs> Trent Baalke. I think some people want Aiden Hutchinson the coaching staff and if you're going to give me a coin flip right uh that's 50 50 odds and Trayvon Walker right now is plus 165 which applies like a 38 or 37 chance yeah I'll, I'll take Walker I also it's a bit of a loaded coin flip because the guy who likes Walker is the GM he's the one who turns the card in it's not that coach that's it, it, he bulky's a little writing the name down uh, and so if push comes to shove here you expect him him to have the edge. Uh, so to me, Trayvon Walker is the smart bet. Like I said, Walker was plus one ninety earlier today on FanDuel. He was plus three hundred a week ago.
2: This is where the steam okay, so is. So the right odds now. are terrible. We should not be betting this because no, you, we missed. The if bump. you haven't
0: bet anything, I think Walker plus one sixty five is a great bet. It's just to say that this is the momentum. The direction we've been heading is Walker looks more and more likely as we approach the draft to be the first overall pick.
2: He's like an NFT. I'd never heard of it a little bit ago when people are talking about it and we skipped the part where why is it this yeah. worth this
0: don't, much? don't really get how it's sense. supposed to work. Its value seems totally fictitious. I agree. Can we, can we talk real
1: quick about some of the reasons that we think that the Jags are going to take Trevon Walker? Number one, because Trevon Walker reminds Balky of Alden Smith. Apparently. Wait, the entire
2: argument you're saying is that the Jaguars GM's bad at his job. That's basically what you're saying. <laughs> That's yeah. the entire argument. Correct. Whole Correct. argument.
1: Uh, number two, the other reason, which is a great... Exactly, like it reinforces what you just said, Hyfetz, or what you just asked. There's this theory out there that uh Balky does not want to take Hutchinson because Hutchinson is uh Jim Harbaugh's boy. He's his boy, he's his guy. He's like he doesn't want to he, there's like bad blood between Harbaugh oh, and, and balky He's and the, <laughs> him were go- the Niners together. He's like, fuck oh this guy. God. I'm not taking Hutchinson because of because uh, of Harbaugh, blah blah blah. Which would be like the dumbest reason on earth, but would totally it be? Jaguars. I think it would be
0: a perfectly hilarious and acceptable reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm all fair. the way in on petty For team the content. Management. Yes, yeah, <laughs>
3: it's like, that's like a Curb Your enthusiasm bit. It's like a spike pick. He's like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Just not doing it.
2: That would be funny. I can't believe I didn't put that together yet. But wow, that. Okay, well, I guess Trevon Walker the NFT then. No, I feel like it's the. I stuff.
1: think I'm. Honest, I think I'm honestly gonna put Travon Walker at number one right. in my final mock draft. Like if if I had to do it right now, I'm doing it next week. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm this serious. Is crazy.
2: This is absolutely nuts to me. I this is nuts. I mean, We're I reserve the to right that. to
1: change my mind, but I'm that's where I'm leaning right now. DK, where is Travon
3: well, Walker on your big board? Which is just your general uh, rankings one I through think thirty-two. He's like
1: number nine or something like that. Yeah, number nine. I mean, he's not ridiculous. like low, but he to me, it's everything we've talked about over the last few weeks. It's like just it's just a huge projection. Um, you know what I mean? Like obviously, he's very very athletic and he has a perfectly built frame to be a pass rusher in the NFL. However, he just isn't quite there yet. So
2: I I yeah. I think this is crazy. I think for we're gonna get more in depth in this with our mock draft episode next week. For right now, I want to stick with the bets. Craig or DK, are there any bets, or, or DK, you already gave us one, I'm curious, Craig, do you have any bets that you, like, wanted to run by us that you kind of, like, as you were perusing the FanDuel board?
3: Yeah, I wanted to wanted talk to about um, who is going to be a top five pick, or even the number five pick, exactly. So basically, mm. just looking at quarterbacks in general, right, like, there has been only one draft in the last 20 years where a quarterback has not gone in the top three. Like, that's insane, the last 20 years, it was only EJ. One? One. touch.
0: It was wow. EJ Manuel, and then Chad Pennington. That
3: was in 2000. Italy. So I said last 20 years, 2000. Oh one yeah, to 21. Yeah. Been, so yeah. <laughs> I cut that yeah. off. I just yeah. did the last 20
0: yeah. years. <laughs> well done, brother. Well, that's how we do it. That's, that's how we, how get we do it.
3: That's that Matthew Barry like player A, player B Good thing job. where you like pick exactly what you want. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. okay, so two in the last 21 drafts, one in the last 20 drafts. But anyway, wow. The Panthers are picking at six, and you know there's a chance that. Uh, they might take like a Kenny Pickett or a quarterback in general. So basically, my, my idea is that if somebody wants a quarterback and they want to have their pick of the litter, they're going to have to jump ahead of Carolina at six into the five slot, which is the giant slot. Yeah. So does it make sense, Ben, DK, in your guys' mind? Right now, Malik Willis is plus 2,000 to be the number five pick. And he's plus 400, four to one to be a top five pick. Kenny Pickett as well, to, uh, plus 700 or seven to one to be a top five pick. Do you like the idea of just picking a couple quarterbacks to get drafted in the top five? Because this is what history suggests. Yeah.
0: I, so I do, but I'm also very scared. Uh, again, to, to pull a, <laughs> uh, a Daniel Jeremiah, Jeremiah said to move the sticks today. Uh, first quarterback off the board for them was Malik Willis to the Steelers at 20. Mm. No trade-up mm. at 20. I would be very surprised if that happens. In the modern NFL, to me, that's just not going to fly. Yeah, Somebody's I'm betting gonna, on like yeah. human
3: nature, like greed yeah. for like, oh God, we need a quarterback. We're here now. We can't wait till next
0: year. Yeah. yeah. And so I do think there's a trade-up. Is it all the way into the top five? Mm. It's it's hard to think of. I will say what 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 makes me reticent on the Giants pick, particularly at five, is that Joe Schoen comes from, uh, or excuse me, Joe Shane, who's the new GM there, comes it from- It looks like Schoen. The Bills, yeah, it he comes from o. the Bills e. front office. as he, he was under Brandon Bean Sean. there. That, that, that looks yeah. like Bean. Anna said like Bean, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and all they ever did was trade up. They were not a big trade back team. Mm. Uh, so it's possible. But uh, I think that five won't want to move back. I don't think that's the Giants MO. Uh, and uh, at six with the, the Panthers, increasing rumors out of Carolina is they're not taking quarterback. In fact, the rumors are that Carolina would like to trade. They're out They're trying to at trade six. out. Yeah, yeah, they're out like to making take tackle move. Yeah. So I think that the teams that I start to get worried around. Right, if I'm a team who wants a quarterback and I'm picking at 20, the Steelers, 26, the Titans. I look at the Falcons at eight. Marcus Mariota just trade away Matt Ryan. The Seahawks at nine. Drew Locke just trade away. You know Russell they're Wilson. trying to trade back. I just don't yeah. think the Seahawks are going to. Take a quarterback.
3: Okay. Well, then, w- would you bet? So, if you look at just over unders for when these quarterbacks are going to get drafted, Malik's, mm-hmm. according to FanDuel right now, Malik Willis is over unders 10.5 and Kenny Pickett mm-hmm.
0: 12.5. So, you can grab the under for yep. both of those, and that would fit in your Falcons, Seahawks, even Commanders yep. range for Kenny Pickett there. Commanders was going to be the final team I was going to say. Yeah. I like the Willis under 10.5. I've Willis under 9.5 at, at, at plus money, and now it's moved to 10.5. So, it's moving against me there. And I understand why a lot of the smart people, out of the plugged in people are saying, potentially no quarterback in the top 10 potentially first quarterback at 20 it's just to me that does not seem like the nfl i know the nfl i know is obsessed with quarterbacks. 20 look at last 20 tools.
3: years like i i don't yeah. think i'm buying it i think i want quarterback yeah. in the top 10 well,
0: yeah
2: on that note i think that I, I i don't
3: think there
2: will be the same demand for quarterbacks this year because i think that again teams the, we're talking about oh you mentioned like human nature teams trade up for quarterbacks it's like it's because the, the hope and like the teams need hope i think all like these teams are scared of tying their careers to these guys and that they all have made plans. Like if you watch what they do and not what they say, they've all made plans to survive the short term. However, I do think for Malik Willis specifically, I think Washington at 20 to one is much better odds. The Steelers are like three to one, even the Falcons from Malik Willis are four to one and Washington's at 20 to one. I don't know why the team with the Falcons and Mariota for one year is four to one and the Washington who has Wentz is like 20 to one. Yeah. I feel like that's and when possible. I, when
0: I look, when I look for surprise quarterback team, I look for a uh, head coach slash GM trying to keep their job. And if there's a team that fits that bill right now, it's Ron Rivera, and Martin Mayhew in Washington. They yeah, I, are are on the hot seat. And the thing about Malik Willis is if he looks good for weeks, 10 through 17, that seat stays hot, but it stays yours for another year to mm-hmm. Let let you see what this guy looks like moving forward.
2: And Washington's also twenty to take Kenny Pickett too. So I think that's good. And then also, you mentioned the fifth pick, too. You mentioned the Giants. I want to talk about the Giants for one second. There is an actual, like, I'm going to bet this. I'm going to try very hard to bet this before we go live. We're sorry to <laughs> put this podcast episode up. Because this is a mistake. Straight up a mistake. And if it's not a mistake, so I'll explain to me why. The Giants have the fifth and the seventh pick. I think they're widely expected to take an offensive lineman. And then probably, it seems like the tea leaves are pointing toward taking a cornerback with the seventh pick or in some order, for some reason, if the, you, it's, like a, it's like a parlay, basically. If you have to bet, it's if Evan Neal, the Alabama offensive lineman, goes fifth, and Sauce Gardner, the Cincinnati cornerback, goes seventh. So the Giants take Evan Neal and Gardner in that order. It's seven to one. But if the Giants take Evan Neal and Derek Stingley, it's 40 to one. 40 to one. And it's also 40 to one if they take Ike McQuanu. And then Stingley. So I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do both. It's 50 bucks max mm-hmm. 50 bucks maximum bet, 50 bucks on the Giants take Neil and Stingley, 50 bucks on the Giants take, Ikikoanu and Stingley, and like boom, I kind of feel like it's way better odds
0: than 40 to 1. When the Giants take cross at five and Stingley at seven, If <laughs> it's gonna punch a <laughs> hole in the wall well, You can do
2: that one too. That one's even crazier odds.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh I will say you're barking up the right tree. Uh <laughs> Derek, Derek Stingley, man, is uh it sounds like Stingley's gonna be a top 10 pick. Which has been quite the number nine, number quite nine, quite the circus, yeah, yeah, number nine, <laughs> quite the circus Just here. Throwing for, it out uh, there, yeah, for for Derek Stingley, who was like, I have a bet on Stingley to be the first overall pick from like you know August, <laughs> yeah, um, and then he was falling. He's not going to be a top fifteen pick. Teams hate his attitude, and then he went through the combine, right? Got to talk to teams, and then he went to his pro day. And that pro day was good, and all of a sudden, teams like, you know, who's good? You know, covers some people. Derek Stingley, yeah, <laughs> we we yeah. we like this cat a little bit. Uh, he's a really really talented player. I expect him to go top ten, especially because Sauce Gardner, uh, the corner out of out of Cincinnati's corner one, is now looking to be like a bona fide lock uh, to go top five. There's rumors about him. He at, might go at three, three overall. Yeah, to the yeah. Houston Texans, which moves Stingley up. So I think you are very correct in a in in building out tackle corner stacks, especially tackle Stingley stacks uh, for the Giants at five and seven.
2: See, I'm just going to build my portfolio over the next the next four days, as portfolios is yeah. supposed to be built. That's the right way to do it. Fitz, what is your dream
1: scenario for the Giants? Because I want to get to my dream scenario, too. what well, I just so. said.
2: It's it's basically... Which Ikia, one? Kwanu or okay. Evan Neal fall to the fifth pick. So basically, if... Let's say the Jaguars take Trayvon Walker. The uh-huh. Lions are thrilled and they get Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. The Texans, let's just say they take... Sauce. Uh, yeah, Sauce Gardner. And then the Jets, I kind of... I don't care what the Jets do. Kayvon. Yeah, if they, I don't care. Yeah, sure, Kayvon. I don't care, though, because if even if they take... Ikea Quan or whatever, then the Giants get Evan Neal. The mm-hmm. Panthers just took a cornerback first last year. I feel like they're not going to do that again. And then the the Giants get the seventh pick and then they get Derek Stingley. And Derek's and and those are two dudes who were like the top prospects at their position like two months ago. Before we Fifth all talk
1: ourselves out of everyone. Everyone yeah. sucks now, by the way. I was it's talking to my buddy about this. I, I've talked myself out of all players in this draft at this point. Dr- I think they the all suck. The draft
3: process is like the, what is it, like <laughs> the seven stages of grief or whatever? Where it's just like five is. stages, yeah. Five stages five of grief. Stages. <laughs> thing It in feels
1: particular. like seven though, Craig. <laughs> yeah.
0: feels like you feels you go You start over. It's almost as if all draft <laughs> coverage. <laughs>
1: <It's bad. laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I I feel like this year though in particular, yes. I don't know why I have way more draft fatigue this year than ever before. I think it's just because there's no like sure things in this class well, and, and we're coming right, off like, last last year, yesterday like last year was freaking, electric <laughs> yeah last and and now freaking uh Solak is like trying to tell me that aiden hutchinson of all people is bad yeah. too it's <laughs> like nobody's good in this class
0: so no no, no 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 aiden hutchinson's good all right the sirens are off aiden Hutchinson's good player. right he's gonna be a good <laughs> pro <problem. laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
3: this is not the take, good, approach, good point DK. sorry forgot so uh, uh yeah i don't know what you're talking about dk
2: <laughs> well, wait, a couple other, there are a couple other fun bets I like to look at every year, and I kind of just want to tick, I just want to just pick your guys' brains on them. Total number of SEC players drafted in the first round. Oh, I like these. Over under 10 and a half. So let me read you the list I put together. Tell me if I'm forgetting anyone. So there's like, I got seven SEC players as absolute stone cold locks Evan Neal, Jameson Williams from Bama. That's two. Charles Cross from Mississippi State, that's three. Derek Stingley from LSU, that's four. Trayvon Walker and Jordan Davis from Georgia, that's six. Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, right? I, I the Florida, Florida State is the, the ACC, ACC
0: school. Oh! Oh, Throw him out. Oh, my God.
2: All right. Throw him out. Good, out. Good. Cold, cold oh lock. Oh, God. Do you know I always think Florida State and Clemson are in the SEC? I always look, look. think that with
1: Clemson, too, I, Heifetz, so don't feel bad.
2: I apologize to all the people who love college football and are ashamed of <laughs> me right now. That's it's all good. Uh, Kevin Clark's going to murder me. All right, so that's six <laughs> locks. And then I have the almost definitely going in the first round of Traylon Brooks from Arkansas and Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Like, almost definitely going in the first round. So that's eight. Very probably. And then maybes, or Kyer Elam, the cornerback from Florida, Kenyon Green, the guard from Texas A&M, Matt Corral at Ole Miss, Quay Walker, the linebacker from Georgia, George Pickens from Georgia. Like, they're all like, maybe like 10 and a half I Feel like when they set the line, you're like, Oh, plenty of guys will go from the SEC over, but like, I kind of think it's under 10 and a half. What do you guys think?
0: I'm, I'm
1: scanning, I'm
0: scanning I this also list right now. Th- I also think it's under, and it's because I have less certainty in Devontae Wyatt to be a first overall pick than you do. Uh, yeah, right now, I'm he's fine minus, to move him down, yeah. Right now, he's minus 300 on, on books to be a top 32 pick. That's the FanDuel line, and that's that, that's understandable. Um, but there have been continued reports now about Devonte wyatt's uh history with domestic violence and history history with 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 family violence violence accusations over the course of his high school and into his college career that have teams perturbed and understandably so that's that's part of the pre-draft processes looking into it and uncovering these things that weren't really discussed when these guys were college prospects so you have that hanging on Devonte wyatt now uh, and to me that that pulls him down from like minus 300 that makes it less likely he goes first round what about lewis seen though can you throw him on this list maybe there's also the player that deserves to be mentioned uh here is also nicobe dean who's the linebacker out of georgia who's currently minus 300 to go Mm -hmm. first round i think that's too high but he also is is right now considerably favored to be a, a first round pick so he's also he's a georgia player who's gonna be part of that line but i do think 10 and a half if i'm leaning anywhere on that i am leaning under so we've
2: only got seven SEC players to definitely like, b- like definitely go in the first. And we've got five that like maybe yeah. could go in the first.
0: A really fun exercise I do every year is seeing how many players you can list that you're absolutely positive go in the first round and you're not allowed to get any of them wrong. Like the Should moment we do that get-
2: right now or should we do that on our next episode? I actually it's, like
0: it's that. A fun, you do it next episode, but it's fun. Yeah. Usually I can get to like 18 names. And I think like, that's,
1: that, a fun, that's a fun uh, idea. Let's do that. I'm let's do that on the next one. Names. That's great, actually. Yeah.
3: Can I ask, uh, um, I have a question. How accurate is the most accurate mock draft, usually, in the world?
0: Usually? Not very so, accurate. Uh, right, so the Huddle Report is the uh, service that kind of grades all these these uh, mock drafts, and they have a contest every year, and they give out, you know, whatever, you did a great job. Uh, and they grade on how many players you put in your first round mock that did go in the first round, Yeah, and then so also like, how yeah. many exact uh, player-team matchups did you get correct. Right? So, last year, for example, Josh Norris of Underdog Fantasy had the most accurate mock draft the Huddle Report has ever scored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shout scored. out Josh. Yeah, He's he got awesome like 16 awesome. right or something. He got 16 20, exactly right? Including he the got, first eight. He yes. got
2: the first eight picks correct. Dead he on. got
0: 27 of the 32 players in the first round wow. correct. And he got 16 uh, uh, um, player team matches correct. The next closest was 13. Well, wow. other people got like 27 uh players. For example, Ben Zolak of the Draft Network got 27 of the first 32 <laughs> players correct. He got a guy. Got, I've he heard only of got him. 10 of the 10 matches correct. And accordingly, he tied for 15th. But regardless, um, most of the most of the time the top scores around like a 46 47 like last year there were a lot of scores like 49s and in the 50s like last year mockers did really really well but those sort of scores are like yeah you're gonna get 12 team pick pairings and like 25 26 27 first round picks right and that's it uh so usually you're seeing about a third of the draft get the pairings correct and about 85 90 of the players correct
3: this is like the march madness bracket of football mm-hmm
0: So I'm looking at the case. Because the cascades, if
2: you
3: get more wrong, they get
2: more wrong picks.
1: Ben, you finished 15th overall on the Huddle report last year.
0: Yes, sir. Nice work. It so it takes it takes five years to get an accrued score Uh uh, all together. But if you if you I've only done it for four years, if you accrued my score over four years right now, I'd be like 13th, 14th on their list. Ooh, look at this guy. Flex. So I really like to do well this year, is the moral of that story, because I could tank myself with a bad score.
2: Okay, so with that said, with Ben being very good, what are the best bets left? <laughs> Maybe not the sexy ben, ones. Ben, I'm going to give not the- you 100 oh. of my dollars, and you're going to do whatever the yeah. hell you want with them. What are you going to put with our money if we just give you money? What are you going to bet on? Which is you should not do, but...
0: but- um, okay, so I I would put place on Trayvon Walker be the first overall pick, uh, probably a little bit at plus one sixty five, not too much. I would take uh, Jameson Williams to be a top ten pick, plus one seventy five. Again, not too much, but I would go for it. Um, you also have right now the ability to get top ten pick on Derek Stingley, which is minus one twenty. I would take that as well because I think at this point I'm pretty confident saying that. that Derek Stingley's floor is probably nine. Uh, when it comes to the the hype that we're hearing. Uh, you also have just straight over unders on player draft positions right now, right? Which is where like over means they get picked later than that number and under means they get picked earlier than that number. Trent McDuffie, corner out of Washington, uh right now set at 17 and a half on FanDuel, under is minus 130, not making it to 17. Uh from what I understand, Vikings at twelve are legit option. Uh Texans at 13 are a legit option, Eagles at 15 are a legit option. Uh so I like the ability to get McDuffie under 17.5 at minus one thirty. So if you can go do that. On DraftKings to me, that's worthy. Uh, Andrew Booth, corner out of Clemson, over under set at 27.5. Uh, he's got some pretty substantial injury red flags right now. Uh, medical concerns, he's had multiple sports hernia surgeries already. Uh, I don't think he's gonna be a first round pick, and there's been a lot of conversation about him not being a first round pick. So, at 27 and a half minus 114, I would take the under. And then, last but not least, the, the position that I have the most right now, like if you asked my wife Meredith, you'd be like, Hey, who, what do we need to happen on draft night? She'd be like, I have no idea, but Desmond Ritter better be a first round pick. And that's because <laughs> I've told mayor multiple times, Desmond Ritter is a first round pick. We're going to Hawaii. Uh, Desmond <laughs> Ritter has had a ton of hype as quarterback out of Cincinnati across the pre-draft process. I have an article about him coming out on Monday. Over the entire last month, all you've heard is interviewing great. Teams love him. Mature. Polished. He's the year one starter. He's the guy who's ready to go. He's exp- like Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network said. He, everybody has a first round grade on this guy, and yet you can still get him to be a first round pick at relatively even money. Previously, he was like plus one hundred. Now he's minus one thirty five. Still worth it. Uh, and so Desmond Ritter to be a uh, uh, under uh, top to be a first round pick minus one thirty five is over under is thirty and a half. And I wouldn't take that. I would take the top ten pick or excuse me the top thirty two pick just because that. 32 cutoff is important because it gives you the fifth year option and we know teams value that at the quarterback position that's why teddy bridgewater went where he did that's why lamar jackson went where he did because getting a guy at 32 is a lot different than getting him at 33 when you get that fifth year option on the contract that really matters for quarterbacks so ritter to be a top 32 pick minus 135 let's have ourselves a good draft weekend baby (laughs) you write all that down i wrote it down don't worry okay good no, nah, that was that's just like, you know, that's that basically that right there is everything I've been looking at over the last like couple of days and well, also well, other stuff. But I can't blow up all, all the spots just yet.
2: If you want to hear more gambling stuff from Benny, he's going to be on the Ringer Gambling Show with Warren Sharp this week. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on again with next week. But or we could just put all those bets in the episode notes for the show, Greg. And then you could just look at that. But then nobody and would the click. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just be like, sweet.
3: Don't have to listen now.
2: Any other bets you guys wanted to hear about? Any of guys that bet you guys want to talk about? Uh, to to I'm putting
1: emails? this out there. I'm gonna put this out there as a sort of a reverse jinx, but I think actually betting on the Seahawks doing something dumb is probably a good bet. Like <laughs> it's gonna hit. So there's two picks to be top ten picks that I think makes sense. And it's important to remember here that the Seahawks pick at nine. Trevor Penning is six to one to be a top ten pick. Solak, unfortunately, you've been on this one too. It's just too perfect for the Seahawks to pick Trevor Penning, who is, again, an old, small-school senior bowl guy. freaking trifecta, The Seahawks trifecta. And then the other one that, for whatever reason, is getting a lot of buzz for the Seahawks lead. I've seen this in a lot of mock drafts, even though Seahawks just took a linebacker in the first round a couple of years ago. Uh, Devin Lloyd, at number nine, or sorry, to be a top-10 pick, is 6-1 to one also. Oh, wow. So uh, if you want to bet on the Seahawks doing something dumb, usually that's pretty good odds. So... Um, go for it what's
3: your dream scenario DK
1: my dream scenario and I think my dreams my first dream scenario is becoming less and less likely it seems like which would be Kevin Cave Thibodeau falling to number nine the Seahawks fa- picking him there my alternate dream scenarios include one of the top tackles I know that's boring but the Seahawks don't have any tackles uh, and then Derek Stingley
2: hmm. at number nine that's all I think just don't Giants do something stupid draft I think the right. Seahawks are going to have a bad
3: draft. What about the Steelers? Yeah. I have no idea what the Steelers are going to do. I, well, The one thing I don't want them to do is to trade up to like the top whatever and for a quarterback, I don't want them to do that.
2: Yeah. yeah. I still feel like... I, part of me just... I know they're more likely than not to not take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I just kind of still feel like they're going to yep. grab someone in the second round. I don't know. Can't yep. shake it.
0: Can we do the one thing that all gamblers always want to do but generally responsibly try to avoid but sometimes it's fun to do?
2: Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right, so if you go to FanDuel and you go to top 32 picks, uh, so you go to the top picks thing, you'll notice it says 2020 NFL drafts will be a top 32 pick. Combine multiple selections into a parlay. Uh Uh-oh. Now, parlaying is bad business, okay? (laughs) It's dangerous to parlay. But But going through and just clicking the names that you think are going to be first-round picks and then seeing what the odds come out as is a good time. How many names are you throwing in that parlay, Ben? So, right, for example, uh, Trevor, like, they, they don't offer every player. Like, they don't offer Aiden Hutchinson because he's obviously going to be a first round pick. But Trevor Penning, who, like, DK just said, might be like a top 10 pick. Traylon Burks, Trey McDuffie, I talked about him under 17.5, and Zion uh, Johnson uh, out, of, out of Boston College are all available. So let's just add those four because they're all definitely four going to be first round picks, right? Nothing bad is going to happen over the next seven days. Okay. I think Ritter's going to be a first round pick. Uh, Kyler Gordon, the corner out of Washington, is apparently clear corner four. So I think he's going to be a first round pick. And Tyler Smith, the tackle out of, out of, Tulsa is a guy that's got some hype as like a top twenty, top twenty-five guy. Project tackle. Let's take him. So that's seven names plus one thousand four hundred seventy-one, which means if I bet ten bucks, I make for one hundred forty-seven dollars. Yeah. Did you I'll put do-
2: Andrew Booth in there?
0: No, I did not put Booth. That's Trevor Penning, Tra- uh, Traylon Burks, Zion Johnson, Trent McDuffie, Desmond Ritter, Kyler Gordon, and Ty- Tyler Smith. So okay, if I put ten bucks in there, that's uh, one hundred forty-seven bucks. Then that's cool. If you
2: add, If you add, uh, Andrew Booth that becomes 2300 yeah but I don't think Booth can be a first round pick Booth I said has been having uh, like the uh, in injury the
1: injury
3: yeah.
0: concerns
1: Ben yeah. W-
3: yeah, we're gonna play a game next Wednesday for next Wednesday's show where yeah. Ben is gonna create the largest top 32 parlay <laughs> this <laughs> is actually fun he yeah. can possibly do and everybody can watch live <laughs> and see if it hits yeah this is and gonna be incredible Ooh, this I'm is, gonna, add, this is what I'm gonna add
0: Brees Hall plus 150 love because apparently the Bills like him Ooh, so now we're at 38 with eight names There we go who doesn't oh, like worms? We're, perfect- go no, we're
2: gonna perfect this, and we're gonna come back to our next episode. See, and we're this, gonna deliver.
0: This is a can of worms. Once you start doing it, it's very difficult to stop. Yeah, we're
2: we're gonna we're gonna perfect this, and then we're gonna come back. Okay, two jargons and a lie. Anyone? We didn't do two jargons and a lie in the take perch, so we need we, we we have two jargons and a lie, and then a lot of you sent us two punters and a lie. I can't wait for that. So we're gonna do that. But first, two jargons and a lie. DK, do you have two jargons and a lie for us this week? Here's two jargons
1: and a lie. Number one, quick as a hiccup. Number two, stay in phase. Number three, skid slide. Skid slide.
3: Skid fake. slide. I 100% agree. Because I think, we. okay, though, hold on. We, ben, you can't answer. We've done, <laughs> I will say, I think we've He's done. He's a draft expert. I think we've done quick as a hiccup. Oh, shit,
1: have we? I, I read that the other day and I thought it was fun.
3: Yeah, I think quick as a I hiccup forgot. is real or because we've talked about that. The middle one's definitely real. You wouldn't have made that up. The last one's fake is my guess. But I think we've done quick as a hiccup. If you have three more, do you by chance?
0: I can I can bring three out right now. I've been I have one that I've been saving,
3: so I can to save the day.
0: Yeah, well, I I have I have a I have a trio that I've been saving. So They have a common theme, and uh, they're really some of my favorite ones. Oh wow! Uh, I was gonna say they're three of my favorite jargons, which is <laughs> not true, obviously, but they are a little bit. Um, are we ready? Yes. Okay. Couldn't hit water if you fell off a boat. Can't see a lighthouse through the fog? Can throw a strawberry through a battleship.
2: <laughs> okay, so can it water fill out of a boat? That is what patches a hoolahan yells in dodgeball? But that is a
3: term that I think people d- use for other sports more than they do football. I've never heard that for football. I've heard that for but like, I, I, like, that's just a phrase, you know? I don't know if that counts or not.
2: Because like, here's my issue. If that's a lie, I would contest it. I would so too. It's real.
3: I would too. I would contest Because
2: I probably wrote that about Josh Allen.
3: I think the strawberry one is real. I think the middle one is fake.
2: I've heard the strawberry one. I, think, I also think the middle one's fake. I think, the, I think I've heard the strawberry one.
0: They've gotten too good, DK. They have too much knowledge. That The students have become the masters.
2: I know, these fuckers. Go back
1: to being just happy go lucky idiots that don't know anything yeah, about it. I've never the seen draft. dodgeball.
0: So I didn't know that couldn't hit water if you fell off a boat was like another thing. But I saw a coach tweet that literally like a week ago. And I was like, this is the most important thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> I like those. Couldn't hit water if you fell off a boat. <laughs> I
3: love that. So what was the middle one one? What did you make up, Ben?
0: Can't see uh, can't see the lighthouse through the fog. Mm. Yeah. And then I could throw a Christian strawberry tournament. through a battleship. It's just such a good freaking <laughs> image <laughs> of how amazing. strong a guy's arm can be.
3: <laughs> it
0: sounds uh, fake, but I also have you, you guys. You guys have it. heard
1: "Stay in Phase" before. I thought that one was going to get you.
3: No, but it was. It was quick as a hiccup was the one
1: that tipped me off. I was like, oh, I know. I, I now that I, now that I you guys say it, I do remember
2: uh, Ben doing that one. But I read it the other day and I was like, shit, that's a good one. Can we can we get to? Um the, the real reason everyone's here today, which is for two punters and a lie. So when we were talk- doing the take purge in our episode this week, we realized that we actually couldn't really name many punters who are currently in the NFL, which I have to admit it was an extraordinarily humbling moment. Uh, I myself. didn't care. I didn't lose a single instant of sleep. <laughs> I, I I Well, he saw it like was like game three, and I was like, obviously I could name three. And I was like, oh my God, can I? And no. so anyway, we then asked you all to email. us so we your fantasy football at gmail.com. Emails, two punters and a lie. So these are... Two real punters who play football, starting and one that they made in up. the NFL. Starting, are punter, they in the, starting currently punters. in the NFL? Okay, in the National so, Football League. This one's from Pedro. Pedro, Three, two punters and a lie. Norris Fox, Ryan <laughs> Winslow. That's unbelievable. Norris Fox, Ryan Winslow, and Logan Cook.
3: This is hysterical. I've never heard. I of have any no of fucking names. clue. <laughs>
2: Dude, there's no way there's a punter named Norris Fox. That there's, I'm bullshit.
3: I think I think Ryan I Winslow think, is fake. Yeah, yeah, so do I.
0: Say say the names again, please.
3: The names are yeah. We should all pick first and then let Ben go because Ben yeah, might know Norris it. Norris Fox,
2: Ryan Winslow, and Logan Cook.
3: I'm pretty confident I know who it is. Say it. I I okay. Do you guys have your picks in? I think Norris Fox is fake. DK, and I picked Ryan Winslow. I think
1: Ryan Winslow is like this guy's friend. This is Pedro's friend from high school. Uh... Norris
0: Fox is fake. Oh, yeah, damn right. it! Thank you so much. <laughs> Am I right? Yes, you are. Hey, let's go, baby. Let's, let's keep let's keep cruising. Yeah, <laughs> I have more. Noah
2: sent us. shout out. Noah, Noah. <laughs> Cameron Johnston, Brian Morstead, Matt Amendola.
3: Okay, Amendola has to be real because he wouldn't just make that up, right? Just throwing in a real guys like Danny Amendola. Amendola has to be real.
1: Yeah, I think it's Brian Morstead. Uh,
3: no, yeah, Morstead I think Brian is, Morstead
1: is, Well, there was fake.
2: a Thomas Morstead. Does he have like a brother?
1: I think Brian is fake. Brian Brian
0: Morstead. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I know for a fact Johnson's real, and I'm fairly certain is real. So I think it's true. I think Brian Morstead is fake because they, they're going up to try to get yeah. us to Thomas All I know Morstead. is Amandola has to be real. Yeah. Morstead is fake. Yeah, Brian Morstead wow, is fake. Wow, this guy tried to... Matt Amandola is a place kicker, sir, and he is not... Just because he had to punt doesn't Come mean on, he, Noah. He, he's question. a punter. Trick question. Trick this question. Is, yeah. Throw it all out. Right, so
2: let, 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 let's do a palate cleanser here because we got we got two more. We, this, this is great. Dan sent us an email. One. Oh, these Dan. are all starting punters. but Well, two are, are real in one thing. Michael Hunter,
3: Jake Bailey, Sam Martin. All first names. Yeah, that it's that <laughs> the, the first names, names.
2: edition. Ah, Michael Hunter. Way of doing Jake it. <laughs> Bailey.
3: Sam Martin. I think Michael Hunter's fake because of the joke. Mike Hunt. Mike Hunt. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, 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 Craig, we're we're on the same. I'm the I'm same pretty, way, pretty positive Hunter's fake.
3: Craig, you got to step like.
1: Trying to get psych, psychoanalyzed the people asking these questions. I can't.
2: Should I note that this email came from someone named, who, the actual Gmail comes through as, it's the Milk Crate. DK, what am I supposed to do? Rely
3: <laughs> on my NFL draft jargon knowledge or punter knowledge? I Can't do that. Heifetz,
1: by the way, don't, don't dox this guy's email. I think you just doxed him. It's them. not the
2: email. It isn't Milk Crate. just the
3: name, Milk Crate. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, who is, the, who is fake? Is it Michael Hunter? Michael Hunter's fake.
2: Nice. Mike Hunt, good, good one. Okay. Uh the second one is ridiculous names edition. These are people who punted <laughs> at least five times. In How many punters are there that <laughs> we haven't heard of? <laughs> well, these guys I, punted at least five times. These names are not real. None of these Lachlan are real. Edwards. Oh my god. Alexander with a K. Alexander Wanstead or Sterling Hoffrichter.
3: Wow. Hoffrichter. Okay. I want to say Wanstedt is real. Yeah. Say the names again, please. Lachlan Edwards. Alexander Wansted
2: and Sterling Hoffrichter. Two of them uh, had at least five punts last year and one is fake. I think Sterling
0: is fake. I'm, no, I'm, po- I'm positive Sterling is real. Ah!
1: I think, <laughs> Sorry, I think Alexander Wansted is this guy's f- favorite composer.
0: <laughs> what was the first name? Or
1: something.
2: Lachlan Edwards. I'm Lachlan leaning toward Edwards. Lachlan Edwards. Yeah, now I think that you Lach- know that I Sterling's think I think it's
0: Lachlan. I think it's Lachlan.
2: All right, you're going Lachlan. I'm going I'm Lachlan. I'm going Alexander's fake. Craig, what are you doing?
3: Well, I already chose Sterling in the D- and the and the best. The answer is real. Alexander Waddenstead is fake. Yes. yes.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought I could sweep.
3: Well, putting in <laughs> Alexander with a K
2: is a really good touch.
0: Yeah, that's well <laughs> done. That was tricky.
2: All right, that was incredible. All right. Thank you. Emails at RingerFantasyFootball at gmail.com <laughs> if you have two punters and a lie. If you have regular two jargons in a lie from whatever you're doing, if you have if you want to hear about any of our any more gambling stuff from us on the draft next week or just mock draft questions, emails at ringer at gmail.com. We will be coming to you Thursday after the NFL Up j- oh what no. Oh Craig, well, we I not? just
3: wanted if we we should give our schedule for next week because it's a bit different. We will be coming to you on. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That is
2: it. We is loose because I am the best man at a wedding that happens to take place during the draft. So I will not be here.
3: You were the first overall pick for that wedding. That's impressive.
2: I was the first overall pick for the wedding. And now I will not um, be covering the draft. So that's super chill
3: i'm engaged as i don't know if everybody knows but i'm engaged i'm gonna host a a live draft for my groomsmen i think
2: (laughs) my brother wanted to do the groomsmen olympics he wanted like the bachelor party like to have a bunch of olympic events and then the winner would be the two groomsmen
0: and a lie invite (laughs) nine of them (laughs) only six of them are actually going to be in the party dude have one random guy
1: (laughs) have one random guy you don't know be in your grooms your groom Party. What is it called? Bridal. Bri- no. Bridal party. <laughs> What's the opposite of bridal party?
3: It's still called your bridal party.
1: Groomal pr- party. Okay. <laughs> the groom party? I actually don't know. I'm gonna start
3: leaking mock drafts of who I think is gonna be in it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have anonymous scouts comment uh, on your yeah. friends and like who. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I huge character concerns on Jeff.
1: The, el- the real elephant in the room here is it's none of us are going to be in your fucking party, are
3: they? Who knows? We'll see what the mocks oh. say. Oh!
0: <laughs> <laughs> <That>, yeah. One <What laughs> of wow. us could be a late season riser, Danny.
3: <laughs> Solak's the riser. Watch him get
2: an invite to Craig's wedding, D.K. Fucking Solax, like.
3: So hot right now. Two wedding jargons and a lie. We could keep this going. Uh, yeah i think we yeah i'm, I'm honestly we're just the future of this podcast is just
2: going to be like two jargons and a lie guessing punters and like debating the like quarterback house
3: prices. we're not doing a fantasy show this year we're just going to do bits that we've accumulated over the past <laughs> yes. few years
2: uh i'm just gonna shit talk matt stafford's house that he got from drake okay uh all right i think that's all we got again we're coming to you wednesday thir- well not me but wednesday thursday friday saturday and then draft coverage all a lot, a lot of that time. Not all of it, but like the majority of those days, there will be a lot of draft coverage. NFLDraft.TheRear.com. Check out DK's draft guide. Updated mock draft next week. All that jazz. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Solak. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to Michael Hunter. Thank you to Lachlan Edwards. Thank you, Alexander <laughs> Wanstead. Thank you to Pedro Noah. Someone named Dan or Milk Crate or whatever for emailing us the two jargons of the lie. Thank you, Lord. Lord.
1: Lord. Thank you, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Oh, you went composer. Yeah. Alexander Wanstedt inspired you. (laughs) I Googled that and there's nothing came
3: up. I was hoping it would be a composer. Right. Oh, what a shame. (laughs) DK, favorite Amadeus song?
1: Uh, I don't know them by name. The The fifth one? Cello Suite number 17. I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't say that I'm I'm an expert on Mozart. I wouldn't say that.
3: Um, Do you guys think when like Mozart released new music, people were like, this, this rips. (laughs) I'm bad well, it's funny man, that right? they had to go
2: see it to I hear it. I think there's a tweet like that, Craig. Like, you hear the new Mozart? It.
3: This kind of goes. <laughs> <This guy laughs>
2: well, I think it's funny that like, the wasn't one of the geniuses of Beethoven, he's like, I'm going to have people sing while the music's playing.
3: <laughs> Yo, Symphony Number no. 40 is like kind of a banger for a wedding dance song. <laughs> you know?
2: <laughs> Should we have two jargons in uh, a for like famous uh, classical pianists? Oh, I'll, I won't know that shout out Chopin. are we still doing like the pod is this the pod still happening or did we end it already
1: that is like that's like existential right there
2: sometimes we go on like this for 45 minutes and we cut it <laughs> after like six and one day i want to put like 45 minutes of us just talking after the podcast all right goodbye